Welcome to the Kick Pod, your weekly DNM on the stuff that matters. Hello, Lozzie. Hi. How are you today? I'm good today. That's good. I ran here. I know you did. Good job. <laughs> that was a humble brag. No, I, <laughs> I, I um, this morning it was so cloudy and yucky and I, was, I had no motivation to do anything. Mm. And then I was sitting in the office, I was like, probably not going to do anything when I get home, so I'm going to run to the mm. app studio. Mm. That's good. It's not too far, by the way, guys. It's not like it was Yeah, but you detoured. You made did a, a little bit of a run. Yeah, and it was so nice. I feel so good now. I just, oh, well, lucky I know you because I'm a bit sweaty. <laughs> in this small I feel room. like we're always in our active wear. Yeah, true. Been sweaty. <laughs> I myself have done a workout this morning and did not get changed. So we're, ah, in, this, exactly. we're in this together. <laughs> um, but also I think you've done the best thing in that when you're not motivated in the morning, you still came to work in your active wear. Obviously, we know that not everyone is able to do that in mm. their workplace. Is everyone, everyone is different, but... I often do that. If I can't make time in the morning or I can't find the motivation, I'll just go to work anyway in my active wear and just hope that at some point, at least I've got it on. You can do it. I've made that first step. So good job. Especially if the sun, I feel like it's so much easier to be motivated when it's warm outside. Mm. So your body actually is a little bit sore. How are you going with from your dancing shoes? Ah, uh, yes. Weekend? Very sore glute muscles and abductors. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I was meant to do a strength workout today and I am still so sore. So today it's Tuesday, so it's been three days mm. from my dancing. So, so Laura was dancing because... It was my friend's wedding, which was also my friend Steph. Not you, obviously, because yeah. you're not married yet. Uh, my friend Steph got married and it was it was so lovely um, over the weekend. And then on Monday, I finished one subject. That was Hooray. yesterday. So I only have one to go. Yep. So exciting. Yep. Except it's now exam periods, which so everyone at uni would probably be stressing right now. But we're close. Yeah. Just thinking about that. Yeah, just thinking and about the end. And you moved on the weekend. You're I did my neighbour now. I know, I'm so <laughs> excited. Um, it was a really big move. It's a totally new area. Neither of us have ever lived this direction. Um, so it'll be very different for us, but it's really nice being near you. I can already feel like it's going <laughs> to be fun. But And especially, I think, just before summer. So we've moved like closer to the beach, and I've never lived near the beach. But And I'm not really much of a beach person, but I do enjoy going there or walking there and all that sort of stuff so I feel like I'm going to really like being this side of town but um so far so good and it was really nice coming to work as well like this morning I had an early workout with Dan and it only took me like 25 but that was with traffic 25 minutes so it was really nice because I'm used to sitting in traffic for like an hour every morning (laughs) very very nice but anyway anyway what is what is today's podcast today's podcast is with our friend and the oh so talented Lana Wilkinson so Lana has actually you might have heard about her recently because she's just um, released her own shoe line which is so incredible really excited and we definitely talk a lot about that journey but you would have heard of her anyway if you know anything about the fashion industry or any stylist. She's very well known in Australia, in the industry, very well respected. She's incredible at what she does. She's also just a down-to-earth, mm. awesome chick, um, which is why we love her so much and we really wanted to get her on. And she's also a great chatter. So I, I think we just enjoyed sitting back and letting her kind of take over. It was really nice to hear her whole journey and the way she kind of speaks about the industry and everything was really interesting and she has some interesting stories. So we hope you guys enjoy it and um, yeah, let us know what you think. Lana, welcome to the Kickpod. Oh, thank you so much for having me, girls. I'm really, really excited to be here. We're super excited to have you. We actually asked Lana to come on for a while, but she had a special project that she was working on, so we (laughs) thought we'd uh, wait so we could talk about that as well, which we absolutely will get into. But to start off with, we asked the same three questions to every guest. Great. First off, three fun facts about you. Uh, Three fun facts about me. I talk a lot. (laughs) Which you guys already know. Um, it's going to be a great podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it will be. Um, <laughs> I oh, I do neurotic things like get a spray tan every week. Um, and I have, yeah, I get a spray tan what every day? week. Uh, I try for a Thursday. So then it kind of takes you yeah. through to at least a Monday. Yep, yep. No, it's good. It's good. It just, it's, I, I think it's because I've got European blood in me and I, I've, I've, 
always been baffled why I don't have the olive skin like my mother who's like full-blown Australian. My dad's the Italian. <laughs> I burn in the sun, so there's none of that. So, uh, yeah, so that's my little, like, it's fun though. I always look fresh. <laughs> we try to. And my other fun thing about me, um, oh, I just, I, I just love being around people. I just love having fun with people, going out. I love socialising. I love getting out with my family and with my, with my friends. And I think sometimes when you have your own business, you need to have those kind of outlets. So, mm. you know, I think, think overall... I think I'm just, I'd like to think I'm a little bit fun. <laughs> We'd like to agree with you on that one. You are a very fun person to be around. Um, okay, what about, I'm sure there's going to be quite a few of these um, in your career. So maybe pick one pivotal yes. moment that you can think of in your career or your life. Oh, from a work perspective or just in you life? You can go either. Uh, a fun thing? Anything, anything, anything pivotal oh, that really probably, changed the way for you? Oh, I'd probably say my, my children yeah. without sort of sounding sort of cliche. Um, I was very, I still am very much driven with my work. But what happens when you have kids is this whole new life of pers- a light of perspective um, happens where you start to get a bit of a balance about what's important. And I think I often spent a lot of time and probably even after Ava was born for a little bit, uh, my eldest, who's now six, worrying about things that actually don't matter. It's like if you don't have your health and your family or your friends or whatever it is that's close to you, you really don't have anything at all. So I think that um, that sort of changed the way I operate, the way I'm with people. Um, I think now it impacts me in ways where I really considerate of how I am towards people I know, even perhaps people that might not like me might not like me very much or how I am online. How I think you've just got to think about the fact that you're somebody's mum mm. and that's a responsibility and, and someone's wife too. Liam couldn't do it without him. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes I think poor Liam, he gets, he gets sort of the, the you know, the um, rough end of the stick because, you know, you're balancing everything. But um, yeah, I think having kids has, has really changed my life, definitely. That's beautiful. I think that's that's awesome. And I don't think it's cliche. I think it's a perfect answer. Yeah. No, look, I think, um, you know, when it's you guys, I think we'll be able, I'll be able to have so much advice. Um, but no, no, it's, it's good. And I think it, it definitely sort of balances you out. Mm. That's probably the thing I say to people when they're worried about having kids. I'm like, you can still do all the things you want to do. And I think for a long time, and I say this as fellow business owners like yourselves, you know, you often think that by having kids um, that maybe it means things are going to slow down. And for me, it was completely the opposite. Mm. But then it also meant I had to really shift my thinking as well to make sure you could be all the things you need to be for the people that matter the most. Of course. All right, last question for your little warm-up here. Um, (laughs) I know, I feel like you're already (laughs) going to wind me up. (laughs) What's the first goal that comes to mind? It can be short-term, long-term, work-related, life-related, anything you want. Um, Well, my first goal now, given what I'm about to do over (laughs) the next day, is to basically um, starting a – I'm launching a shoe brand tomorrow Mm. and I think my first goal is just that I hope – that it's well received and when I say well received I mean obviously too when you put money into something you want it to be well received in the the dollar sense but for me it's more being accepted um, as a designer and as it being an an extra extension of what I already do Um, isn't that weird you should just be that it's about the dollars but for me it it is I hope that people like it I hope that people feel good in it I hope that um, you know, as I say, people accept that that's just part of what we do now. And, and yeah, I'm excited. That's probably my goal, I think, is just making sure that it all goes off smoothly and that people enjoy it. Mm. And there is a pair of the shoes on the table that we're looking at ah. now and they are amazing. Mm. And Steph wore a pair of your shoes to her hands on Friday oh, night and she, they looked so good. Oh. So many compliments. Well, she blew me away. I was sitting at my <laughs> daughter's birthday and I was like, oh, and it was the first time I'd put it out there. Um, and Steph had reached out and said, oh, I know you were, you were saying about a pair of shoes. Do you have any white ones? I was like, yes. And um, <laughs> I was thinking, oh, she, does she want to wear them? That's pretty exciting. <laughs> and, um, and it's different when you think about it from a styling point of view because I just think about it as work. But this was so much more personal to me. And um, I know as I came in uh, this morning to Steph, I'm just beyond appreciative mm-hmm. because it's really something else when somebody... Um, 
um, something you've created, somebody says, I really like that and I want to wear it versus, you know, me as the stylist going, no, 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 that's the best option. That's what you've got to wear. And she's been on the other end of that as well. But um, but no, it really meant so much and especially for such an important event. But um, no, I um, wanted to make sure you had a pair too, Laura. So. <laughs> oh, thank you. Mine are yellow. I They're love They're bright and sunshine like shoes. you. Yeah. <laughs> happy shoes for a happy girl. So, Lance, you are probably, well, you are, I'm going to say you are, Australia's biggest stylist the you most know, well-known you know I don't cope when you the say best those things but, yeah. Australia, 100%. Oh, thank you. but I suppose you've actually had a really interesting career journey to get there mm. and that's kind of what we wanted to start talking about with you because I think especially with being a stylist you it's so hard to mm. you know become a successful stylist and you've worked so hard to get there oh thank you or get here where you are today so we would love to know you know what were you like growing up and then how did you get into the styling industry well um I had come from a family where my dad um was in is in business with his brother and had basically I mean he won't mind me saying this because it's still true to this day but workaholic um and so you know he was very much you know, I've got to provide for my family and, you know, I've got to keep working. And so my mum is very strong and independent and was the one that would take us to tennis games and be our tennis manager and all of that sort of stuff. So having a strong work ethic was something that was in inbuilt in me like I don't remember anything other than if you want things you've got to work hard like I remember um, I've always liked shopping and always like fashion mm-hmm. I knew that and I remember one time actually um, I'd not long had my car that I had to sort of learn to pay for my dad helped me out with the deposit but he's like you know if you want to if you want to hold on to this if you want things in life you've got to work really hard for them and I remember like blowing out my credit card at Scanlon or something like that <laughs> back in the day where I could just go yeah let's buy that you know and I, and I was working and um, I remember I hadn't paid my registration for my car and I remember saying to him, um, oh, you can just pay that for me, can't you? Just sort it out, come on, like, you know, as you do when you don't know any better at 18. And he said, no, he goes, and this was before Ubers and stuff, and he was like, no, well, that's just going to sit there until you work and prioritise that that needs to be paid. And it did. And I was on the bus, I was in a taxi, I'm like, this is the pits. Um, <laughs> but I think what it taught me is that even though I didn't really grow up without, without, um, you know, I uh, didn't want for much, I was all, you know, parents were always very generous, but I wanted, I had to learn that I had to work hard for things I wanted. So I think that's been um, instilled in me. Um, and then I, you know, did the whole uni thing. I didn't do the travel, which I kind of regret now a little bit, not going to lie. But I went straight into a, a sort of marketing role and that's what I'd studied PR um, at RMIT. And so I think even then when I was working for other people, I'd always do really long hours. I'd always sort of put in, I was sort of like all in. That's kind of how I am. Um, and then I think because I'd sort of worked in these corporations and I had all this exposure from a branding perspective, um, I ended up at Westfield and that's sort of, as for most people that might not know, it's a shopping centre kind of enterprise and it's global. Um, and I was working in fashion and I just was like, oh, I just really want to be, I don't really care, like not that I don't care, I can't say I don't care, I did care at the time, but <laughs> I was like, oh, I just want to be talking to the designers and doing that sort of thing. Anyway, one thing led to another, time went on and one day I got a phone call from someone and because I was on Facebook and I used to post photos of my outfits, that's what you used to do because there was no Instagram. I'm really sounding like I'm 100 years old, I promise I'm not. <laughs> it was just a little bit before Instagram and somebody had written to me from Mosman actually, a, a brand that you, I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, Diana DePetro and said, Lana, I'm seeing when you're posting things, people are asking um, about where your outfits are from. Do you have a blog? And I was like, Yeah. And I didn't have a blog. I remember just building a Tumblr blog that night. And like I'd started doing a little bit of styling at Westfield, like when we low on budgets, as you do when you're in a corporation, you know, you just go and do work yourself. And then one thing led to another for me doing that and just sharing that I ended up doing a lot of freelance styling. And I say freelance, and you've probably heard me say this before, I know, um, but it was freelance because it was for free. Like it was like I was working. Like I just, I I try and encourage young people coming up now, don't do that because you set a precedent. But I was working. Working full time as a project marketing manager at this point um, for a property group called Stockland, um, so managing like a five million dollar project, and then on the weekends and at night I was writing this blog and working with designers, and then on the weekends working for free, um, doing photo shoots just to try and build up my portfolio. So a lot of the work that I got was literally from referral, and then by this stage, well. By the time I started doing shoots, Instagram was well and truly up and running. And, you know, but then it became this whole thing of how to be accepted in the space because 
styling and fashion at that point was very much if you went in Sydney or you didn't work for a publication or you went out of network, you weren't really good enough. Mm. And so that was something I really had to overcome, which I think is really great now that there's stylists coming up and anyone wanting to really kind of give it a crack in fashion. It's not so, there's not that stigma anymore. But that was really hard to overcome. Like I remember going up for my first fashion week and you know, stylists that I'm now friends with and they wouldn't know that they did this because who am I and who was I at that time? But like not really giving me much or sort of like, oh, yeah, you're on Instagram. You're not, you're not, you're not a real stylist. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like I'm killing myself here. So I think um, being accepted in the space was something that um, I found really challenging. I think people also at that time didn't really understand that, you know, when you're wanting to promote product, that using a digital platform was the way to go. Like I'd come from New York um, just before I had Ava and that was all anyone was doing and everyone was doing sort of that, you know, um, things like uh, reward style and like it and all of that that are now kind of ancient because you can do it through Instagram. But that was just all thriving over there. So I, I quickly learned probably having that marketing background and sales background from Westfield, Foxtel and then Stockland was that being that kind of, I guess, conduit between the customer and the brand and using sort of digital images as a way to promote product that could eventually sell. So for me, that kind of became the thing that I always did. I always shared behind the scenes of red carpets and things like that. And I can't take credit. I so copied what Rachel Zoe did. I was like, I want to have Rachel Zoe project. I'm going to have my own show. (laughs) And so that was very much the formula that I kind of started with that kind of took me all the way through. And up until really a year and a half ago, um, I'd never really pitched for any work. Like a lot of the work I got was from referral, clients having a good experience. And I think because something happens, I think when you're in corporate, you learn all these ways to be, you know, like don't burn your bridges, make sure that, you know, the path to success is one that, that you can identify with and one that feels really genuine and authentic to you. So even when I was working for myself and then thus balancing two small children during the process, um, it kind of almost moulds you into this person where you learn to kind of just run. And I think one of the things that I've become very used to is just being able to kind of multitask. Like I can multitask anything. doesn't mean I can talk to everyone nicely during the process. I really try. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it just becomes a balancing act. So, And I think it's something I've started to master and then I thought, ah, well, now that we've, you know, had, you know, goals of doing red carpets and I've managed to do that and there's a lot of Australian talent and international talent that I've worked with that I'm forever grateful, including you you two sitting across from oh, me. Yeah. We are big yeah. international uh, fashion no, talent. No, no, but absolutely. But I think that was the thing. I guess, you know what, the thing when you talk about being successful and it's funny because I never think that I'm successful because I think where to then? You know, if, you, if you've hit all your marks, where, where's there to go? But I think that's probably the thing for me. I've never treated somebody different to, you know, whether whether it might be that you have to be more accommodating perhaps for someone who's an international, who's got a manager, a writer that you need to follow, a team, an assistant. So the way you communicate is different. But I feel like as a whole, the secret for me, I think, in terms of having um, the support and the... I guess, reputation, because I, I think once you have, and you girls know this better than anyone, your reputation's everything, I think it was that I always just treated everybody the same. Like, I didn't care that if you're this big ambassador that's earning all this money or if you're, you know, starting out. I feel like in a lot of ways, for a little while there, I was kind of like, oh, if you wanted to be something, sounds a bit sort of, um, you know, I'm not trying to sound on to myself here, but it almost was like, I'll work with you and I'll help you do that. Like that kind of was almost branding scales, getting access to brands that they couldn't. I was kind of the go-to girl for that, which I'm I'm proud of as well. I think that I've gone on a journey with a lot of different um, people and seen their careers, you know, go from sort of midway to, to, you know, high strengths and you you can't help but feel like you're a small part of that. So, yeah, I I think ultimately for me I just want people to feel good. Like I think if you're feeling good about yourself and I think that's why we've always got along so well is, is, you know, you regardless of what's on the outside, if you're not happy on the inside, there's nothing I can put on you that's going to make you feel better. Mm. What I can do is maybe work with what you've got, what are the things that you do love and how do we showcase those and what are the things that you want to achieve, Where do, wh- who, how do you want to be seen and how do we work with that. You know that whole idea of dress for the job you want, not the one you have. Mm-hmm. So I think that's definitely been the ethos of my 
business and certainly who I am as a person. So, yeah, I think that's probably the secret of the success, for lack of a better description. That was a long one, but yeah. No, and that's we love that. I mean, as you know, you're not an overnight success. You have worked so hard for everything and every opportunity that's come to you. And you've always been so complimentary of that. I remember last year (laughs) standing, and you know, because sometimes you don't, I think particularly the last couple of years, things really went to a whole other level because it used to be that the stylist was very much in the background. You know, you're, you're sort of that you're behind the scenes, and that was I'm, my comfort place, hundred percent. And especially, and I know you girls, particularly with your program, you meet so many different people. That after I'd had children, I sort of didn't really, which sounds really silly, but it was my own stuff, not feeling like I'm the, you know, tight trim fashion girl, you know. And it's just I was, I was fine. I was absolutely fine, but just the own pressures that I put on myself. Mm -hmm. And so often I didn't feel like I was worthy, you know? And so I was, yep, I'm more than happy being behind the back and no, I don't want my photo taken. Mm -hmm. And then I realized very quickly as well that just actually being who I was and maybe not always being the one that's done up in the background because you're working was fine. And then sometimes I think there'd be people that would challenge that, but you know, most of the time being able to sort of give advice or help somebody get through a process where they're not sure about themselves. And I think that's the thing about being a stylist is often you're a bit of a coach sort of managing multiple people especially for big events whether it be spring racing or a red carpet it's just like lana 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 but that's a role I take really seriously and a responsibility that I hold very true and I think often sometimes gets lost so I know you've always been very aware of the work that goes into it both of you and it is great because there's no show without punch and for me I feel like even now as I'm about to launch into this new venture the work can't stop being at the highest level because it's not about me when I'm dressing someone it's not about me like I had a, I had a conversation yesterday with someone and they said to me oh do you so do you feel like when you find a designer or you find a, the person or you work together put it all together sometimes you're custom making it it's your ideas a lot often of the time do you just feel like you're tossed to the side and I said that's such an interesting concept because for me that's that's when you should step aside Mm. your work's done the person's come to you for your advice and your guidance or your relationships or whatever it might be so it's not my show you know and often I find sometimes and you know it might be that people see my Instagram go that's such a Lana look and sometimes they're right but that might not be a Lana look for that particular person they haven't done that before Mm. just because I've done it before well who cares it's not about me I mean if I started rocking out in the same outfit every day I'm rocking a denim outfit at the moment that needs a rest but you know (laughs) but you know but I think it's not about it's not about me a second it's all about you that's when you've got to start looking Mm. at you know maybe it's just focus on one thing but for me for the moment I love being able to work with people I think what I'm enjoying at the moment after a slog as you pointed Mm -hmm. it out is that I get to kind of perhaps be a bit more particular about who those people are and what jobs I invest in and how much time I invest and also the pressure that I put my team under because the other thing too is, you know, often people go, it's so great, everyone knows what you're doing and what what you're about but there are other negatives that come with that as I know you two know. Like I don't necessarily want to walk out looking like Lana Wilkinson, the stylist. Sometimes I'm just put my tracky jacks on and I'm happy, you know, but I'm, I'm comfortable with that person and I think that's the thing is I always try and make sure people I'm working with by the time they walk out, I just really want it to be that you're feeling the best of you. If you're feeling 100, we're done. It's not about me. And you're best dressed when you do that. And I think when you're feeling yourself, you project that everywhere. I've, as I was saying when I got here, I'm feeling I've been doing a bit of keep it cleaner from the food way <laughs> and I'm feeling 100. So I'm just projecting that everywhere. It's just happy, shiny all the way around. <laughs> but the same is, is with clothing, I think. But we're not saving lives. So. <laughs> but it is, it's so important to feel good in <laughs> what you wear. That's right. That's right. We'd love to know, Lance, has there ever been or what was the moment in your career where it took off? Was there ever one person that you styled that kind of – made all the opened all these doors or has it been gradual it's been a gradual and I know um there's probably and I've mentioned this before I know there's probably two or three different occasions for different reasons that Mm -hmm. stand out for me one was uh Ruby Rose at the time um who was still DJing in Melbourne and Sydney um before Orange is the New Black and uh I'd basically styled her for Covet magazine and uh, I'd put her in a Nicholas the Label, which was a Melbourne brand, for a photo shoot. 
and I posted it on Instagram. Dress sold out, mm. and it just it just took on a life of its own. And I then did all these referrals, and I was like, oh, maybe I don't need to work for free anymore. How good is this? <laughs> um, <laughs> but but I think that was very kind of again that whole point I was making earlier about understanding that you could be a conduit between a, a brand and a consumer. So I was like, all right, I think I'm onto something here. Secondly would have been, and this is why she'll always have a special place in my heart, Sherry Lee Biggs, mm-hmm. um, who is a Channel 9 presenter over in Perth now, but she was a Miss Universe. And I dressed her for the Logies. And the Logies was sort of that untapped market mm-hmm. for me. Brownlow uh, in Melbourne, I'd sort of had a few good runs. I was accepted in that space, um, you know, and often people would refer to me as the wag stylist, which I was like, wow, okay. But you know what? Now I'm like, yeah, whatever. Call me whatever. I don't really care. My work was great. Thanks. Better than yours. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I think from a, I hadn't really been, I guess, up against my Sydney contenders because when I was starting out, particularly in those first three or four years, mm. it was very much a Melbourne-Sydney thing. So I wasn't accepted in the Sydney space until that moment, so 2015. And I think it changed a lot of careers. I think it changed hers. She got the Channel 9 contract after that. Um, Hermes Daniel, who did her hair, blew up. Um, uh, Jade Kisnorbo had flown back from – been in London for two or three years and done her face and that took on a life of its own. Mm. Capalazzo Couture had, had, you know, sort of been this sort of Campbellwell brand that had been known but not necessarily for talent dressing. So her whole brand changed and I think I think for everyone it was just really impactful. And then probably the only, I think, where it kind of steered into a different direction was I, um, and it sort of happened one after another, was probably about a year later and by this stage I'd had Ava and I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it I'd made the leap from jumping from being in a corporate stable job where everyone's like are you sure you want to do this people do they really value this you're not getting paid enough you've got a house you've got a child so I think for me I just knew I was meant to do this I can't explain it I'm sure you girls are the same when you're driven the way we are Mm. things happen because you make them happen you know and I think that that was very much my approach but about a year later, I'd had just this awful experience with, with a talent um, who remained unnamed and I don't think she sort of is in the industry anymore. Um, but it was just really made me question whether I wanted to do it. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Mm. Like I left a job where I was respected. I'm not sure. And then um, I got asked and I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll just sort of just see how I go. And I got a phone call from Romano Beck who were doing the Portsy Polo and asked me to dress um, Whitney Port who mm. is, um, you know, now on the hills but she was on the first hills. That's, yep, still old. Um, and, um, and the city. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I remember them saying, yeah, she's just, it's just for a Herald Sun up. She's not going to need anything. She's got her own brand, Whitney Eve. And I looked at Whitney Eve and it was quite casual compared to how mm. we all go to the polo. And I thought, ah. Oh. I'll just ring Tony Matuszewski and see if he's got something, like maybe. And I'll just put it in front of her. If she wears it, she wears it. If she doesn't, she doesn't. You know, we'll just have it on the rack mm. for the Herald Sun shoot. You know, Matuszewski for Herald Sun. Ugh, okay. It's very, <laughs> that was a very long time ago. Anyway, so um, we d- I had the fitting and I remember she go- She was like, oh, my God, I really – I'm not going to go off into American accent. I was about to do that. <laughs> uh, I was just like, oh, my God, I really love this. Um, can I wear this? And I was like, yeah, you can wear it. And it just, I remember walking out of Crown where we were fitting and almost kind of going, no, I'm back, I'm back, you yeah. can do this. Because I remember just thinking this was someone I'd watched on TV. I was a, I was a bit of an LC fan, Lauren Conrad for, you know, and I was just like, this is amazing. So I think it just switched my thinking just to pet me back up again. And I think they're the things that kind of, it's not even so much a person, it's more the experiences on the way that shape the way you do things. Mm. You know, I quickly learned then as well, you know what, you need somebody to be in front of you talking about the dollars and cents mm. because I love everything so much I just do everything for free mm. but it's like yeah, but then you're exactly where you started and I think sometimes knowing your self-worth when you work for yourself I know for my for me personally has been a big challenge like mm. and I think that's the thing I wouldn't have added it as a fun fact but maybe just a fact that people don't know about me is I think because I'm so blah and you know <laughs> chat and love talking and I'm all about building other people up but sometimes you know I've needed to pump myself up a little bit as well, which I think is is something that often a lot of creators and people in business need to do. You could pick one piece of advice from an aspiring stylist who I suppose has just heard you talk about how hard it can be. What What would it be? It would be stick at it. 
it would be don't burn your bridges be willing to do the work mm. I think there's a lot of people and I've had people where I've tried to kind of get them on board to assist me with different things and you know I think it's not all glamorous and it's not all just about oh, I want to play with those shoes and play with those bags it's a lot of work mm. but the work is rewarding you know and I think often too I'm finding now that culture shift around and I, I think it's something I've helped contribute to, which I think is great. But then the negative is that it's like I'm all out the front and I'm being the expert. It's like get the runs on the board. Mm. And that'll happen organically. Like when you're good, it'll happen, you know. And I think sometimes what's what I'm seeing often is people skipping the steps. It's like, you know, they're, they, they're at a photo shoot and it's like, okay, well, we've got all the product out now. Now we need to put it all back and now it all needs to be returned and cleaned. And these are all the boring things. But they're also the things that make you successful. They're the things that make sure that the brands you're working with want to work with you again. <laughs> you know, making sure that you're very clear with talent, you know, about looking after things. You know, it's not an entitlement. Even though nowadays forces of nature like yourself, you put something on and it'll sell, it'll move. And that's fantastic. But there's also got to be something in it for the brand as well. And it's got to be the right thing. Like I always say, the secret to success when you're styling is right person, right time, right dress. You can nail those three things, you're, you're onto a winner. You know, don't try and make somebody, if it's a person, don't try and make somebody something they're not. Work with who they are. Adopt that. If it's a brand and they're dictating what's going on, follow the brief. Mm. Bring your creative approach, but at the end of the day, they're paying the bill. Mm. But I think mostly, I think there's a lot of opportunity and I think the landscape is so big, there's enough room for everyone. You know, if somebody's doing something that you want to be doing, well, don't be like, well, I want to be doing that and have a bit of a bitch. I don't know if I'm allowed to say the word bitch, I think, but <laughs> I, uh, I just, I, I just, I don't, there's no time for being mean. Like we're all, there's enough work for everyone, especially now, whether it be working with brands. And now you can use yourself as your own brand advertisement. And I think, as I was saying earlier, for me, that was such a turning point, putting myself out the front. If you go down my Instagram, you hardly see me for a good two, three years. So if you show who you are, that's going to help as well. You know, if people like the way I dress, well, maybe that will get me extra business or maybe people will feel more comfortable and sort of say, oh, well, okay, she's not like that, dressed up like that all the time or, you know, she's just a mum or whatever it is. So I think, I think it's just looking at it with an open mind. Mm-hmm. I think it's not all about Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes with styling, people think I've got a post, I've got to do it. It's like do the work and build up a reputation of, of good work and, you know, hopefully great things will come. Well, yeah, I feel like I want to be a stylist now because I've got all the tips and tricks <laughs> yeah. from uh, one, of, one of the best or probably, yeah, definitely one of the best in Australia um, and hopefully one of the best in the whole entire world because, yeah, I love your style. I think you're oh, incredible. I love yours too, Joel. And I know I'd said it, I'm going to use this forum again, is, you know, you are it, – it's so funny because – I'd, I'd said earlier when we were starting before we'd turn the mics on, so just for everyone else to, to hear the backstory is, you know, when you're taking a leap of faith and a free fall like I am over the next 24 hours, it's so amazing to have support from people like yourselves mm-hmm. and people that you respect, but also people that just do that because that's who they are and want to support. And you, my friend, being the first person to sort of wear my shoes in a public <laughs> space for your hens day nonetheless, like couldn't be a more important day. Like that's not a photo you're throwing out anytime soon mm-hmm. and you looked incredible in Kaya's dress as well um, and I, I'm friends with Kaya so that, that was nice mm-hmm. too but it's just one of those things that you stop and you go wow you know the, the world isn't all you know what can I get what can I do and I think that's the amazing thing about you guys and what people love and and you know I'm just very appreciative to be here and to know you both so oh that's Aww. really sweet <laughs> <laughs> well thank you and thanks for letting me wear them they got so many compliments on the night they're definitely one of my favorite shoes I've ever owned um and I'm really excited for this this leap that you're talking about talking yeah. talk about um by Lana Wilkinson and where where did it start why did you come yeah. up with the idea to do shoes I think for me I I just always seen a bit of a gap yeah um and even though I work with a lot of high-end luxury brands it's certainly not my life like I I like some nice things don't get me wrong I've got (laughs) I've got a bit of a kit you've seen it but 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 generally speaking I'm not a Kardashian I can't buy (laughs) Louboutins every other week and Probably, if I was being honest, I remember kind of almost wanting to do shoes before I wanted to be a stylist. Mm. I just didn't really have the courage. I thought, oh, 
what do you know? You know, and this is sort of eight years ago. So I've been a stylist for nine. And in 2016, I was very fortunate um, to be, it's that whole multitasking I was talking Mm. about, but I was the official stylist for Caulfield. I was doing styling as well for Racing Victoria. Um, I was doing works for the VRC and then just my personal clients. Mm. And that's over like a four-month period, plus the Brownlow Medal, plus eventing for talent in that time. And I realised I'd spent $8,000 on shoes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Talk about being in the red. How many? Uh, yes. Probably like 15, mm. 12 or 15, mm. which isn't a lot for that mm. amount of money, mm. you know. And I think, and, and you know, I'd have it where they'd be on someone on cup day and then they'd be swapped and put on somebody else. Like, you know, that that's what we were doing because it was like, where's the, where's the spunk, you know. Mm. And, I, and I do know now, having gone through this process, why taking a leap where you've got bright colours and stuff is a leap. I get mm. it. Because, you know, I think it's more as well, how do I put that with something? What do I do? I kind of just took this leap of faith and just started doing it. I must admit, I went full at a gate and do what I do best and just worried about all the creative. <laughs> I want this, I want this, I want this, go make this. And, you know, dealing with manufacturers, mm. dealing with, man, um, like, production, understanding that a sample the way it is right now when it's mass produced might not look exactly the same. I know everything there is to know about footwear (laughs) now. Um, And I think the journey of it all has been kind of a ride because it's not something I shared with anyone. Mm. Um, I did tell Laura when she rang me, um, but she was one of very few. So you guys were very early in the piece to know about it. Um, and I think, again, it was probably goes back to that theme around wanting to be accepted and, and wanting people – I didn't want to put that pressure on myself, that mark, because, like, what if a delivery was late or what if, you know, the shipping container blew up and then there's no brand, all that sort of <laughs> stuff that you worry about when you're running a business. Um, so I just – wanted to do it on the quiet mm-hmm. and you know I've had some feedback going oh you've got to build up the hype you've got to I was like I, I just didn't need that extra arm I feel like my business was chugging along really nicely the styling still going gangbusters and I also was have a responsibility to my clients I didn't mm-hmm. want them to think that my focus had shifted that's right because yeah. even now I, I was you know up late the other night just trying to fast track some racing stuff and did some millinery and I was sending through some options. She goes, oh my God, these are insane. I was like, well, yeah. And she said, I just figured you'd just focus on this now. I said, absolutely not. I said, like now this has got to look more amazing than ever because people are wanting you to go, oh, she's going to check out or not wanting, but maybe just thinking that Mm. you are. Mm. And probably what's come through is I'm kind of like, if you're going to throw me a challenge, it's like, if you say I I can't, I'm going to say, yes, I can. So I think that's sort of been my approach. Sometimes not in the most healthy way if I'm being honest Mm. I think like us all you know people can hurt your feelings with different things that they say or different things that they do or when people you know if you've worked with someone for a long time and then they work with someone else or if you work with a brand for a long time and then they work with someone else like all that sort of stuff can affect you but I think what I've learnt over the last two or three years is it's just rolling like when one door closes another one opens so for me I want this door to open wide open, but also my other stuff is still my my business that's put me here and the people that have put me here um, are still my number one priority. Mm -hmm. So I think that's my my biggest hurdle now is just reassuring people of that, you know, but I'm excited. Like I'm excited to share it. I'm excited to just do something else and challenge my brain in a different way, you know, like when you've been doing something for so long, you can often get stagnated you know like I I realized in all my corporate jobs I like three years I'd be like right what's the next role you know you'd sit with your boss and be like Mm. so what are we doing now or I'm going to be checking seek.com which I haven't looked at for nine years which is awesome Mm -hmm. but this is the longest job I've ever had that I've continued to grow and evolve and it'll it'll keep evolving it has to because Mm. and, and I think that's the other misconception over the journey as well is often people will say to me oh this person started do you care or this person's working with this person, does that bother you? And the answer's no. Mm. Because I'm. Uh, maybe that story's been told and maybe it's time to tell new ones and they need to tell new ones. We all need to be creatively, you know, um, challenged. And so for me, I think it's just what I've learned over the years is don't take things personally. It's just a business wheel. Mm. It's just business. And even now I even understand, you know, 
when you're getting gifts for things, is that someone's, not that I never not thought that, but I really understand that now, that's someone's money, that's someone's time Mm. and they've entrusted you to be a custodian to say, we want you to have this first. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty amazing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, so I think I think it's all those things, like the blood, sweat and tears. So I think they're the things that, as I'd sort of free fall, for lack of a better term, I, I say that because maybe that sounds like you're going to go and, and fall and flat on you your are. face. And then you're going to fly upwards. I hope so. But mm-hmm. what I think, what I'm learning, what I've realised as I step into tomorrow is also, well, to Wednesday when we launch, I should say, is that I've already, I've already succeeded because I've yeah. done it. Yeah. I talked about it. Often people just talk about things. I didn't just talk about it. I did it. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I put, so, so you've, you've, you haven't failed. Yeah. Failing wouldn't be not to try. Mm-hmm. And I think they're the things now that I'm easier on myself. I'm kinder to myself yeah, because I used to just be like, well, why aren't I getting that? Or I'm not doing that. Like, and it's not nice. Like, I don't want to not be nice to myself. I don't want to be putting that energy around people. And I think that's what this whole process and journey has taught me and the support, um, not only just from, you know, your amazing selves, I'm very <laughs> grateful, but you know, I don't want to use the word girl power because I feel like it's a bit of a cliche at the moment, but I do feel like there's this movement happening and I do feel yeah, that supporting. that that people are about supporting people yeah. no matter what, what it is and that, you know, you put good stuff out, it's going to come back and in the same way that, you know, karma can be a bitch as well, <laughs> you know, but I also think too, like, but then that'll spin it out and then there'll be something good. So I just... I really just hope that, you know, in, in doing this, it's like I've done something for myself and make people feel good, you mm. know. Like I think the other thing that I found is people, for example, don't like to wear a whole bunch of colour. Mm. We all love that, mm-hmm. especially happy and shiny Laura <laughs> over there. Um, you know, but but a lot of people were scared by that. So I was like, well, what if there was just accessories that kind of just give you a splash of that mm. and, you know, give you that kind of occasional dressing piece that's affordable, you know, that's not made of plastic. Not that there is plastic in their perspex, but, you know, I think generally speaking, it's it's something that's a bit special that's not high-end designer, you know, but still gives you that designer feel. And mm. that's very much what I I wanted to bring in terms of doing this shoe collection. I think you will. And I know you said that one of your goals is to, I mean, is to hope that it gets well received, which Mm. I have no doubt that it will. Do you have a kind of vision for the next five years for the business? Where do you see it going? I think so. Um, Hopefully, I I mean, obviously I want to keep evolving. I Mm. think at the moment I see at the moment there's nine styles and and shoe talk, 15 SKUs. So 15. awesome to launch with that. I know. Oh, you should have seen. You know how I was saying you learnt before? There was a little bit more and I went, "Um, okay, so um, I need to sell two houses for that <laughs> uh, before you make any money. You know, you just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you learn that too, that they'll just go, yes, that's great. We can do that. And you go, oh yeah, but I can't do that. So yeah. it's been quite a learning process. And it is that. And I think it, it's, it, it is a lot of units, but I feel like as well, I've definitely designed this with spring racing in mind. Obviously that's what this time of year particularly I'm known for. But I also had, what are the things that I've needed for outfits and what are the mm. things that women I know when I've dressed them have needed because I I've dressed many different body shapes and you know celebrities mainstream normal I say normal I'm normal we're normal but you know people that are unknown I guess and so we all share a lot of the similar we all share a lot of similar insecurities about ourselves and there's a lot of slingbacks in the range because a lot of people don't like the ankle strap cutting their legs off because their legs aren't long enough or (laughs) you know they've got cankles or they're worried like they're worried about things and I think I've tried to kind of I guess have something for everyone um i haven't got a flat in there yet but i will i will have that so i feel like it'll evolve um laura's going i need flat i was like they're pretty high for you (laughs) i've had a low one but i was like no she needs yellow she's happy and shiny um but i think i think the vision that i see is um i'd like it to to go to a point where you know it's commercially viable in australia and then potentially overseas i think the range in terms of the accessory um can grow um Beyond that at the moment, I probably can't think of too much. Like someone said to me last night, so you're going to do clothing. And I never say never, but the reason for now that doesn't feel like the right step for me is I wouldn't be here sitting here in front of you in a position where I could back myself in to do this if it wasn't for all the designers that have backed and supported me. And so for me, it didn't feel authentic to just go up against them or not up against them I also know how hard they work I know what's involved and so for me it just seemed like a natural regression to just keep complementing what I do and then still be able to um, support the brands and, and be able to do what I do best which is putting clothes on people and getting people inspired to buy like that's how all of our businesses flourish and that just felt like the right 
thing for me to do and I felt like it was my I don't want to say advantage because I don't know what my advantages are having not launched this yet. But what I do know is I'm not afraid to promote other products right next to it. So, you know, even in my campaign shots, this is who I'm wearing. This is where you can get it. This is like it's – and whether those people – stock shoes and stock well great that's just more inspiration for everyone you know I've worked with a number of Australian and international shoe brands and I'll continue to do so my shoe's not always going to be the best option and you know it it, it shouldn't be that someone working with me feels like oh I want to wear my I don't necessarily want to wear her shoes well great let's wear someone else's it's fantastic like I don't want to stop doing exactly what I've been doing this is an extension of what I'm doing so yeah I'm just really excited so well, Land, I think you're going to need to order more yeah. because hearing <laughs> your passion and the fact that you've worked with women, you know, as we've spoken about, you didn't just become a stylist overnight. You have worked in fashion and with women for over 20 years. Uh, I've been? worked, um, I've been in marketing in fashion probably, no, you've actually, geez, yeah. Does nah, it make I'm you old? old? I was it thinking, makes you I was experience. Thinking, I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, it's probably... You know what? Now I'm thinking about it. I reckon it would be like, well, I've been doing this for nine. I was doing that for six. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. So a while. A while. (laughs) You know your stuff and I think that's what just sitting here, we're both sitting here just enjoying hearing you speak so much because you are so passionate about what you do. Mm. And I think no matter what, no matter what you do, people, I I can't wait to buy the, I want to buy the whole range because I'm like, she knows our body. She knows what we need. (laughs) I need this in my wardrobe. And I think it's more than just a shoe. Yeah. You know, and I know you said before you're not changing lives, but I think that you're making women feel comfortable comfortable in their own skin and that is such a special thing because then they can take that confidence into all aspects of their life. So you're going to need to order more, just FYI. (laughs) When you've been working tireless hours, when you say things like that, I'm fragile. But uh, (laughs) no, thank you. And that's what means the most to me. You know, it's often, um, and I've said it before over the years with different things, they've said, oh, um, what what do you what's what sort of success look like? And we said before, you know, I don't feel like I've reached that yet because look, where's there to go? But for me, it was never about being, you know, and that's why it's so lovely when you know you're saying things like you're leading, you're the best, all that sort of stuff. All those things are amazing. But if you're a, for lack of a better term, because I'm just going to call this, if you're a shit human, <laughs> who cares? You know, mm-hmm. like for me, it's like. It's, not best language when I'm a parent, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, but I feel like at the end of the day, I always wanted people to walk away going they had a good experience. You might not necessarily loved everything that we did, right? And fashion's so subjective. Mm. So what you like is different to what I like or vice versa. And out there, everyone's got their experiences of what they like and what they don't like. So for me, it was always about making sure people felt their best and that they could walk away going, you know what, I had a really good time with that and I felt good about myself. You know, and that's 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 the key because there's always going to be people coming up behind you. There's always, and, and I think that's been the misconception over the journey when you're sort of seen as, a, you know, at the top of your field, that you're ready to shoot everyone coming up behind you. Like really, like particularly, you know, a couple of years ago in Melbourne particularly, I found that really hard because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not that person at all. That's your stuff. You want to be doing what I'm doing. Well, great. Like, how can I help you? You know, like, and I think I didn't really have that going through the ranks, like people that I could call. Probably the only person um, who who will be there, um, you know, next to me when I launch this and I'll have her at my events because she's so amazing and has been such a person that I'd called on because I used to hire her when I was at Westfield is Kate Gaskin, who, of course, Steph, you've worked with. Kate's a legend. Kate's a legend. Oh, but she's, so excited Yeah, she's a legend. So, you know, and, and I think I just always wanted to do what she did for me. Um, and just be that voice of reason sometimes, you know, like sometimes I didn't always know what the right thing to charge, particularly when I didn't have management. And management wasn't so that, oh, you know, I'm so good, I need somebody to talk for me. As I pointed out earlier, I needed that person to be in between me so that I was making money and that people weren't having a lend of me. Because like in any job, in any job, you know, you sign up for one thing, particularly when you're a freelancer, oh, can we just add this, can we just add this? And sometimes it's really hard to go that'll be an extra this much, you know, like it's, it certainly isn't a conversation that came very easy for me. Um, and and I'm, I've gotten a lot better. I've still even got a little ways to go. Um, but but I think of those things of that, that network of support. So um, that's sort of something I think you've got to lead from the front. So I'm like, you know, there's enough, I, I know I've said it before, I'm probably sounding a bit 
like I'm repeating myself, but there's enough work for everyone. We can all support each other and that's not BS. That's genuinely how I feel. So, you know, hopefully, again, I can support stylists who need shoes and not have to spend eight grand. That would be good because, <laughs> unfortunately, the free option is not the best option sometimes, as I'm sure you both know. But it's funny when you talk about shoes. I've just had a bit of a flashback memory. When Dalton came to me before you got engaged and I I've, I don't know if you've ever heard this story, if he's told you it. And it's ironic now that we're talking about shoes because it was about, besides a dress, and it was your um, bridal designer that we, we loaned the product from, Steph, Kyra, one day. And Dalton said, Lana, I need a dress. And I, he didn't tell me why. And I was like, 100% you're proposing. I just <laughs> rang him. I said, are you proposing? He goes, yeah, but you can't tell anyone. I was like, well, just is what you told me. I was about to blast it on Instagram. And I said, you're not calling things. I'll sort it out. I'll get this done for you because I knew he was organising all of this stuff. But anyway, not only did he turn up to get your dress, I then put it on <laughs> uh, with, uh, I think it was Marty and, um, and maybe um, Hugh in my house with my youngest running around. And we're going, no, he's going, I like this. I'm like, no, you need to put this shoe with it. She needs to wear this shoe. And we were trying to plan how you you were going to get to like that wardrobe without knowing you were getting proposed to. It was just this whirlwind. So it's kind of a bit of a full circle now standing here, you know, sitting here talking to you because all of that went on behind the scenes. You had no idea. And it was the first time that I'd technically styled you because yeah. that had never <laughs> happened before. <laughs> that was, and it's still the most special outfit I think I've ever worn in my life. And people still ask me, why were you wearing something like that? Like, why did you, how did you know? I'm like, I did, like, I Because Lana was like, Lana, this is, you're getting engaged and you need to look 100. <laughs> I felt so special. So thank you so much. No, Lance, no worries at all. Everything that you do, you're incredible. And I think, Steph, you'll agree that a lot of people in the industry could take a leaf out of your book. And I think if people could approach situations with the maturity and mm. level of respect for everyone mm. like you do, I think the fashion industry would would be a better place yeah. so we need more learners oh that's so thank you Lans. no i think it's you know what on on that note though i do i see it shifting i think it's changing i really do like even some of those sydney counterparts i mentioned were the first people to text me and go can't wait to get them let me know when they've got mm. samples like i feel like and innately there's still that thing of what can i get i think that's that's kind of but i think that's in every industry but i do feel like people are getting called out for bad behavior now i do i think we've still got a little way to go mm. but i i don't think it's as hard as it was and you know i think the more that people are opening their arms to say you know come one come all and i'm not saying it's like you know it sounds quite religious it's not meant to but i'm just i think that being nice and being kind isn't hard really not mm. and we're all working hard in some way we're all battling something no, none of us know the other person's battling like there's if we've all got stuff going on and and I think that's why it's so important to keep sharing those things you know that's why I mean I must admit I was having a bit of a rough day a few weeks back and I think Steph you'd put something up and I was like oh I just want to give you a cuddle and say it's going to be okay <laughs> but I'd also was like no I know I was like that yesterday because they're just the things that go on and I think the more people share the hardships mm. you know and, and I think that's the only thing perhaps in doing this quietly that maybe when I look back I wish I had a shared a bit more because it isn't just about the shoe being in the box like there's been such so much hard work there's been tears you know um, I was in New Zealand I'm hopefully I can tell this story but I was in New Zealand with Laura for Jagged and I'd found out that a few of the styles um, they're going to be on pre-order so it's fine and you know it's not it's not a big deal but when you're launching it feels like oh everything's gonna fall apart and I was so worried about it and I thought oh that means I've failed and Laura pulled me aside and just grabbed and goes, Lana, you're not going to fail. Do you know how much stuff's happened with us? And no, no, no. And it's really nice because you do feel like there's this sort of community of people that get it. And I think, you know, the more we sometimes share the hardships and the, the better things will be. I think from a styling perspective, the reason I don't is because often the hardships are somebody else's hardships. So I don't feel like it's appropriate. Um, however, you know, I can certainly p probably post more, here's what all the boxes look like and <laughs> living my best life right now. But, um, but generally speaking, I think, I think it's shifting. But I think as well the positive stuff of the work of, of girls like yourself and what you're doing um, just really helps. So, you know, I think it can all be one team, one dream one day, but we're, we're getting there. <laughs> no, that's awesome, Lance. And just to finish off, we have got a funny question for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hopefully I'll answer it better than the first one. 
Um, if you could play any character in a TV show or movie, who would it be and why? Oh, Carrie Bradshaw. Done. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's be I, I could li- I'm so cliche. I know it. I know it. I know it. Uh, 100%. Either that or the Rachel Zoe project where I can just build my empire. Um, <laughs> so we're a five-year plan and my empire. Um, no, I think... Um, and it's so funny because it's so when you watch it back now, there are some things that are quite irrelevant, right? You know, when they're typing and you know the phones are like this big and um, you know quite large for those that are listening. But um, but I think I think I just loved that whole you know being self empowered and I think so independent. You know, I think um, I love a fashion is obviously goes without saying. I, I could definitely I use some of the lines from the show when I was sort of thinking, oh my god, this startup is costing so much money. I might literally be the girl who lived in her shoes. Like I might be that girl, <laughs> and maybe I'll just be like selling them out of the boot at my girl, my daughter's school. Um, you know, <laughs> I was like living my best life. Um, but no, and I think just as well too that whole era really you know, changed the way I looked at fashion. Like, you know, I would tune in every week. I would, you know, uh, Patricia Field is an artist and she, you know, most people wouldn't even probably know who she is, but she is the brains behind. So when we say the stylist behind or the cost, that was her. She's an amazing, talented, creative and really set popular culture in, in such a way where people now, you know, the two different shoes and the brooch and the Kerry necklace and all that sort of stuff that really led the way for like the Rachel Zoes of the world that then thus, you know, the stylists, you know, the, the I guess, you know, years of the stylists where they're out at the front and have a face and can share what they're doing as well, which I think's a really great thing. And, you know, to be sort of, that's why I think that show was so iconic to me personally. Um, and, you know, and I just also loved the friendships. I know that probably sounds really cheesy. I'm sounding like, yay, the sisterhood. But <laughs> but I wouldn't be here without the support yeah. of my friends. I wouldn't. Like, I got a girlfriend, um, Sabrina, that lives in Dubai, was texting me. I just had a baby over there. And, you know, she was someone when I wanted to leave my job that was like, you can do this. Like, we've got you. You're going to be fine. You're going to thrive. And having those conversations. And that's why the, f- the first collection, it's not a – they've been named after people. There's some people you know that they've been named after and that will be apparent. But, but it's not about – for me, it's not about a marketing tool. It's not about a selling tool. It's about those people – have helped put me here you know whether it be the Nadia shoe because Nadia would go to every fashion show week and when sometimes people would ignore us we'd sit there as the Melbourne girls going oh and lifting each other up or you know when we've had children and picking each other up and working through the process or with Beck kind of backing me in and and um and and you know having the faith and also giving me the business talks all the time and, and you know giving giving it to me straight or Tara your shoe um, Tara was the person who has been a friend of mine for years and I was, I've said to her when I gave her her shoes on Saturday I said you know this is because of you mm. we're in a pub one day and she said you know, you need to do a blog or you need to start working in fashion. All my friends in Sydney want your outfits. You need to start styling people and doing it for real. And then a friend of ours, a mutual friend, was on a show that was horrific. I won't mention it. <laughs> but um, was on a reality show and needed clothing. And so that's how this started. Mm. So I feel like everyone's kind of got a bit of a space, you know. It's beautiful. I think it's like an appreciation. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah, my sister got one even though most of the time she looks after some of my money so she's <laughs> ready to kill me at the moment. <laughs> Do you need to have this? I'm like, yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, the gem- the Gemma shoe's sturdy and not too high. That's her. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's reliable. Um, but, yeah, I think there's sort of a story. So I think, I think that's who I am as a person and I just want people to really enjoy it and I hope... Um, it's well received and, and, you know, I want the feedback, you know, I think that's part of good business, right? What do you like? What don't you like? Like, this is my first go, you know, I'm not going to nail it the first time. No one does. Um, you're not going to hit the world and, and blow things up on day one. Um, I just settle for a little firework. That would be great. Just one of those little ones, not the ones that go off in the air, just one of those ones that look like a fire might start. Um, <laughs> I'll settle for that. But, um, but yeah, I think, you know, if, if nothing, as I've said before, I, I feel, grateful to be here i feel grateful um to have such amazing support network and great family and friends and and just be in a space where you can have a go 
mm. you know. So fingers crossed. <laughs> well, thank you so much. We won't need the fingers crossed. Um, very excited <laughs> no for launch. Um, by the time this podcast comes out, you your stuff will be online. So everyone listening, make sure you check it out um, and support Lana. But thank you so thank much you for so joining much. us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, girls. Such a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Bye. Bye. We hope you guys enjoyed that chat with Lana Lawsy. What is it time for? Question of the week. It's time for question of the week. And today we've got a question from Talia. Thank you for sending in your question, Lawsy. I don't know this week. Usually we both know it before we start, but Seth's like, I'm going to surprise you. I didn't. I didn't get her approval, but I feel like you're going to like it. Okay. So you know how every time we have a guest on, and as we just did with Lana, the last question <laughs> is... Of course, who would you want to play as a character? Mm. But this one's a bit reversed. So from Talia, we know who you would want to be in a movie, but what actress would you pick to play you if there was a movie about you? <gasps> oh, my goodness. Ah. Ah, okay. Um, who's the one in Suddenly 30? Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah, n- no, no, no. no. Um, oh, Gen- God. Ghana. Jennifer Ghana. Yeah. That would be me. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I just like her. I think she's like... No, but that... And I it's kind of similar vibes and she's... Yeah, she's <laughs> amazing. have the same vibes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the same vibes. Same... I don't know how to describe that, but <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. She'd play you quite well, I feel. Who would yours be? Uh, oh, I don't know. I'm... Mm. Everyone would just say that the obvious would be... Um, uh, Regina. Alicia no. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was a number one. That was a joke. Joke. Absolutely not. The opposite. Okay. She would the never real work. feelings so She would out. never work for you because she's not nice. Um, no, that's not. Absolutely not who I was going to say. <laughs> Everyone always tells me I look like Cher from Clueless. So, um, Alicia Silverstone. But I don't. I, I don't I, think she I would she'd hope play it would be you. Jennifer Anderson. Because <gasps> she's hope. strong and confident. And, and a she's the hottest 50-year-old woman ever. I hope I look like that when I'm 50. Yeah. Anyway, let's just. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say Jen Anderson because I would want that. <laughs> That's what I, I would pick. For you. It's who you would pick. Who so would I pick I would for you? Pick that. I don't know. Who would you pick for me? Yeah. See, for um, you, I before you said that, that makes total sense, and now I agree with you. But I was gonna say um, that chick from Sex and the City. Oh, Charlotte. 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 Yeah, Charlotte. the actress of Charlotte. I feel like could play you pretty well. Okay. It's the same actress in. Um, in uh, what's that one where they the married couples couples retreat? Oh, yes. She's she's a good actress, and I feel like she could play your character. I think Cameron Diaz would play you good. Oh, I love Cameron Diaz. Yes. yes. Okay, I would let that happen. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> that was a good question. <laughs> anyway, Charlie, thanks so much for the fun question. Uh, we I basically put up a question box either Monday or Tuesday of every week. So if you want to ask a question uh, for our next podcast, make sure you keep an eye on my Insta stories for that. Um, but that's it from us today. We'll be back next Wednesday. You can find us on Instagram if you want to at Steph Claire Smith, Kiba Cleaner or Laura.Henshaw and our website is www.kibacleaner.com.au. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye.